From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. It is the offseason and then some for the Jaguars. The playoffs continue in the National Football League. But we're going to spend today's episode with Mark Brunel looking at the Jaguars roster position group by position group. Uh, for those of you who watch on Channel 4, you may have seen some of these segments over the course of the past uh, several days. Uh, what we're going to do is take all the position groups and go through them one by one, starting with the running backs and working our way through the offense, then special teams and, and the defense. And we're going to size up what it looks like now for the Jaguars and what they may want to do in the offseason in terms of keeping guys, letting guys go, and what they need to do to bolster those uh, different areas. Of course, the offense, the main focus, and as much as anything, the running backs that we'll start with here certainly do have a very intriguing next couple of months because we know Leonard Fournette uh, has had his conversation with Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars brass. It appears that they are going to move forward with Fournette, but again, there are no guarantees at this time on his contract, unless Fournette wants to appeal those things. Uh, but it does put a big spotlight on Fournette to take a step forward as a professional moving forward. So let's start with a running back situation. Uh, Mark Brunel joining me to talk about the Jaguars roster in the offseason. Uh, listen, the big question out of the running backs group is, uh, will Leonard Fournette uh, come back? Uh, I believe he will. I think we're going to head of ourselves to think that perhaps he would be traded or uh, cut, what, what, whatever. Listen, hopefully this year for Leonard, Leonard Fournette was a learning year. I don't think there's going to be teams that are, uh, too many teams at least, that are going to be interested in trading for him, even if they were. Um, I think the Jaguars would ask a lot, wouldn't get that much. But uh, the most important question in the offseason, will Leonard Fournette figure out how to be a professional and learn from the mistakes he made in 2018? So we'll see. Uh, Leonard, I think, will be back. And, of course, we'd need some depth uh, behind Leonard Fournette. All right, let's talk about that depth because T.J. Yeldon's a free agent. Is he coming back? No. Uh, you've got Carlos Hyde, who they traded for. He's under contract. Right. Uh, you've got Corey Grant, who was injured, free agent to be. Is he coming back? You know, I, I'd like to see Corey Grant back. I don't think that uh, Carlos Hyde will be back really? in light of the fact that they, they recently signed Thomas Rawls, mm -hmm. who had success in 2015 with the Seattle Seahawks, has since kind of dropped off uh, uh, from that time. But uh, listen, you're not gonna, you can't have six or seven guys. I, uh, TJ won't be back. I don't think they'll bring back Carlos. Maybe they'll let, let those guys compete uh, for a spot. Um, but we'll see. I think there was some disappointment with Carlos Hyde. Uh, as evident by the lack of playing time that he got. That he, uh, got. So, so we'll see. I do want to see Corey back, and I do think Leonard Fournette will be back. David Williams, another guy who they brought in from the mm -hmm. Broncos practice squad, showed a little spark yep. at the end of the year, maybe a developmental player, a guy who can provide some of that depth. But if you're going to be a depth guy on, as a running back, you've got to help out on special teams too. There's no question, and, and there's a lot of uh, positions on the, on the team linebackers, running backs, even receivers, you have to contribute on special teams. You can be a great prospect at the running back position and have a little bit of success, but if you can't help on special teams, if you're a supplemental guy, a second string, a third string running back, 
uh, then you're probably not going to be around. But uh, I thought David did a fine job. Um, so, so we'll see. Hopefully they have, they have a, a group that can come back and, and be a, it would be a strength for the team. Doug Marone wants to run the football to set up the pass. That means you've got to have depth and guys who are willing to do a lot of different jobs as a running back. How far away are they from having the right stable of backs? Well, ideally, you would like to you would like to have at least one guy in there that's very reliable. See, I thought T.J. Yeldon uh, did a very good job as far as running the ball, um, uh, pass protecting, and then catching the ball out of the field. I don't think he was great at it, but at least he was reliable. He was solid. You could trust him to do that. Didn't do anything that impressive, um, but you got to have guys like that. Uh, Leonard's got to pick it up. Uh, I think we have to find a very good compliment uh, to Leonard Fournette. I think they're a little ways away. Um, Carlos Hyde, Thomas Rawls, Corey Grant, David Williams. Um, you'd like to have a little bit more strength at that position, but, but we'll see. Um, the big thing is, forget about the second, third, and fourth guys on the, on the depth chart at the running back position. What's most important is the number one guy in the depth chart, and that's Leonard Fournette. Let's now take a focus on the wide receivers for the Jaguars. Mark, this was a group that I think tremendously underperformed based on expectations coming into this year, even though we knew that it wasn't necessarily a top group around the league. Yes, and, and I think what really set us back early was the injury to Marquise Lee, who, in my opinion, was going to be uh, the go-to for Blake Bortles. Um, that was very unfortunate. It was signed Dante Moncrief. I think we would all agree that that was a disappointment. Um, gave him a lot of money, about $9.5 million, and didn't really produce. Uh, so that was frustrating. And then there was just a... There was a core of some, some young guys. I was impressed with D.D. Westbrook. I thought he did a good job. I think D.J. Chark can be something. Um, young, inexperienced, hurt, uh, didn't really produce. So when you look at the position as a whole, it really was a disappointment, Cole. Put on your GM's hat here okay. and think about what do the Jaguars need to do with that position going into the offseason. Who can you ride with and... How many spots do you have to fill? Yeah, that's tough. I think you give Marquise Lee an opportunity to come back and see if he can get uh, back to 100%. Uh, I mentioned D.D. Westbrook, of course. I don't think I'm bringing back um, Dante Moncrief um, and uh, Keelan Cole, D.J. Chark. Let's, it's still early. Sometimes, Cole, it takes a little while for receivers just to get acclimated and get used to the speed and learning the system and just getting comfortable. So... I'm not one to dismiss a, a receiver that just has a bad year, some turnover, some drop passes. I want to nurture him along and give him a little bit more time. So I'm, I'm as patient as I can be on that. That being said, I want to go out um, and find a free agent that is a difference maker. Uh, whether, he's, uh, whether he's a quick guy, shifty guy, uh, very fast, or a big, tall possession guy, I don't know, but a guy that can truly make a difference, especially if we're going to get a young quarterback. I think we need to add someone special to that position group. Hard to find those guys unless you draft them, typically. It is. Unless you can find the shifty guys you can sometimes find. Yep. Westbrook sort of has that in his game. Do the Jaguars need a big physical target, a guy who can help on third down in the red zone? They don't have that as far as the wide receivers are concerned. You're talking to a quarterback. Do they need a big physical yeah. target? Yes, please. And, and honestly, in my career... I never really had one of those those guys, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, that just go up and just catch anything. Big physical presence, tough to push around. Uh, you know, really was very good in, in, the, in the combat catches where there were guys around him, he had to fight for the catch. Uh, I never had one of those guys. I always wanted one of those guys, and those are difference makers for quarterbacks. They're hard to find because typically if, if, they're, if one exists, a team's not going to, you know, part ways with them. So I would love to see that with the Jaguars. Well, one of the big areas that the Jaguars 
battled through as far as injuries was the offensive line. Mark, let's take a closer look at that position group here heading into the offseason. I think if you were to say who are the Jaguars' offensive linemen at the end of the year and then compare them to the beginning of the year, you go, boy, th- th- this is two different groups. Other than A.J. Can, yeah. you know, it was two different groups. I mean, you had your, you had your starters that uh, we felt pretty good about uh, in the beginning of the season, and then one by one they dropped off, and it hurt us. I think, Cole, if there's one area where – uh, if you could fix one position group or at least keep one position group healthy on this football team, that would have made a difference. It's the offensive line. But that's the case for any, any NFL team. They are, the, they are the heart and soul of your offensive football team. And if those guys are gone, uh, trust me, it's tough as a quarterback, it's tough as a running back to really get anything going because the run, the run lanes aren't there for the running backs and the protection isn't there for the quarterbacks. How do you operate in that environment? It's very tough. It's not an excuse, but it's very, very difficult to do when your offensive line is, is beat up. All right, so let's assess what the Jaguars actually have here because the offensive line was a mess last year. Yes. Injuries played a huge part. But even when some guys were healthy, they didn't perform up to expectations. Agreed. Cam Robinson at left tackle, left guard Andrew Norwell, center Brandon Linder. A.J. Can is a free agent. Right. We'll see what happens there. Uh Right tackle, probably a question mark yeah. of what's going to happen there with Jeremy Parnell, Parnell. Right. So what do they actually have going forward in 2019? Well, uh, A.J.'s a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it all just depends on how they see him. Well, one thing we know is that he's durable. He's the one guy that made it. So, and there's a lot of value there. Um, but uh, Josh Wells is another question mark, a, a name that, that I think uh, a player that did okay. But he was beat up a lot, Cole. He's not the durable type. But I think if, you know, if, if Brandon Linder comes back, which he will, Andrew Norwell gets a season under his belt as a Jaguar, Cam Robinson comes back, uh, we get healthy, we get a little bit more experience. I don't think it's entirely that bad. Uh, I think Cam Robinson is going to be a good football player. Brandon Linder's one of the best centers uh, in the NFL. Um, we know it's, it's there with Andrew Norwell. We didn't quite see it this year, but maybe he'll, he'll switch gears a little bit. The right tackle, I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen there. It'd be great to go out there and get a, get a premier guy. So I think there's worse position groups, um, namely receivers. Uh, but the offensive line, not bad, but maybe could use a little bit more improvement. And remember, they did draft Will Richardson yeah, last very year. Good point. And yep. maybe he didn't really play much this year. Uh, maybe a guy who could fit a figure into the mix going forward into the offseason and into training camp. We continue our look at the different position groups. Mark, let's take a look at the tight ends. Uh, as we were discussing this ahead of time, you said, Whoa. Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> well, you got Austin Safarian Jenkins, hurt, yep. missed most of the year. You've got James O'Shaughnessy. Maybe Ben Koyak comes back. Uh, Niles Paul was the guy who was brought in as a free agent. Got hurt. Got hurt. This was a position group that was decimated by injuries and didn't perform. You're exactly right. I would have liked to have seen Austin Safir and Jenkins uh, um, get an opportunity to play more. I think he would have been productive. Uh, listen, I don't think he, he's not a, a Tony Gonzalez or, or, or Antonio Gates or anything like that, but a guy that, that uh, is a decent blocker, uh, good hands, runs decent routes, could have been productive. Not good, but not great, but he got hurt. Uh, the other guys, not a lot of experience, been around here for a little bit, but uh, nothing all that special. And I think if you really want to talk about the tight ends, you go back a little further than you want to go back to, and that's just the not bringing back um, Mercedes Lewis. And so I think that really hurt. There's something to be said about leadership and run blocking and a guy that's been there that has a presence that you just know 
is going to do his job uh, on and off the field. It, it, your, your point about run blocking is a good one because here's a Jaguars offense that is predicated on running the football. Doug Marone half-joked that he'd like to run at every play, uh, and yet they didn't go out and find a guy who was the guy who could seal the edge, who could replace Mercedes and sort of be that sixth offensive lineman, in essence, in the run game. Yes, and, and, and perhaps they tried to. Maybe that wasn't available. Maybe the guys that they were looking at just didn't quite feel like that uh, they would be a benefit to the, to the Jaguars because if they're going to say they want to run the ball and they've seen what a difference Mercedes Lewis uh, made with the, with the run game, uh, then you go, if you don't want to bring back Mercedes, go find a guy like him. They didn't do that. Again, maybe that person wasn't out there and they decided to go with uh, what they could. Um, there's so many decisions that are made that we're not privy to the discussions or how they evaluate or the reasons they decide uh, what they decide. But uh, that being said, the tight end position uh, going forward um, doesn't look great. Probably need to go out and get somebody, Cole. When you don't have the number one wide receiver and you don't have a number one tight end impact in terms of the passing game, that didn't help. Uh, they've <laughs> got to find somebody there. And it, listen, I don't think you're going to see him draft a tight end of the first round, but don't be surprised if second or third round they go out to try to find that guy and maybe in free agency as well. Well, we've sort of been saving this position, and uh, it's time to get to it. And that kickers. is, we're talking about kickers. We're not talking about kickers uh, yet. Okay, sorry. But let's go ahead and Mark talk about the quarterback. What is going to happen with the Jaguars' quarterback position? That's a great question. Um, there's one of three options: you draft a kid, you go get a free agent, or trade for someone a big name, or you do a little bit of both, and you get a guy that uh, has proven success. Uh, has done it, and we're going to start this segment over. Okay. Okay. Let's do it again. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Here we go. In three, two, one. Well, we have been saving this position group, but it's time to finally get into it. Mark, we're talking about the quarterback. What in the world is going to happen with the Jaguars quarterback? Position? That is a great question. I think the question on uh, everyone's minds right now. Um, I do think, Cole, that the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars will draft a quarterback in the first round. Um, the question is, will they find the right guy? Because you have to find the right guy. The hard part about that, about drafting a quarterback in the first round, is many times it's 50-50. You don't know. Uh, uh, we're not batting, you know, we're not batting a thousand on, on uh, drafting quarterbacks in the first round. So it's tough. The evaluation process has started. They have already started looking at these players and trying to get a feel for who they are on the field, who they are off the field, and, and uh, there's so much uh, uh, work that goes into trying to find out if this is the right guy. So I think they'll draft a quarterback in the first round. But also, you have to understand that many times, as good as a quarterback might be in the first round, they're not always ready to just step onto the field and produce. Very rarely do you see a guy come in and just ride, you know, do really, really well. Andrew Luck's one of them, of course. We've seen that with Baker Mayfield uh, this year to a degree. So you got to find the right guy, uh, but I think it's also important too, Cole, that you, that you get a, a veteran. Uh, we've called him a, a bridge quarterback that can maybe hold down the fort for three, four, five, six maybe, uh, games, maybe even, even longer, to allow time to get that first-round quarterback ready. I think it's very interesting when you start talking about the decision-making process the Jaguars are going to be going through here in the offseason. They won't know who or if they can draft a quarterback because they don't have a number one pick, right. so they don't know. They have to sign a free agent quarterback, this don't they? They have to find somebody 
even as even if it's a backup plan, uh, plan B or or a temporary. So when you talk about a guy like Nick Foles, who's probably yep. going to command $15, $18 million a year over a multi-year deal once he's let go by Philadelphia, that's one guy. Or do you go with a guy like Tyrod Taylor, also a guy in his early 30s, but a guy who maybe would come in for a two- or three-year deal and uh, could be your quarterback so you're not forced to reach for a guy this year. I mean, if you saw the national championship game, Mark, there's some pretty darn good quarterbacks coming down the pike <laughs> yeah. in the next couple of drafts, too. Yeah, that's true, and, and it's tough. And, and uh it's there are some names out there, and I will say I've been impressed with Nick Foles. Now, Nick Foles is not going to come in here and hold down the fort for the first rounder, you know, for half a season or even a season. He's going to want to come in here and be the quarterback for the next seven or eight years, and you're going to have to pay him accordingly. Um, I've been impressed with him. Why have I been impressed with him? Because I've seen as of late what he's been able to do. He's a recent Super Bowl MVP. He might pull it off again. So. Um, and the other guys, the reason we haven't uh, uh, seen a lot from them or heard a lot about them, because they haven't been on the field. And Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Joe Flacco, there's some names that will be thrown out there. Um, but are those the guys that we want? Hard to say. I like the Foles name, um, but, uh, but I, I do think it's smart to draft a quarterback in the first round. And remember, if it's Nick Foles, it probably means making some cuts elsewhere because of the salary cap and the impact that comes with signing a quarterback at that level. So it's all weighing risk and reward when you talk about the quarterback position. All right, we continue our look at the Jaguars position group. So we're going to tackle all of special teams now before we uh, move on to the next position groups on defense. Mark, uh, you've got a rookie punter, had a decent year. Decent Logan year, Cook. yep. You've got a kicker, Josh Lambeau, who's terrific uh, and got hurt at the end of the year, but you expect him yep. to be back and, and be a big uh, factor. What the Jaguars didn't get much of was impact in the return game this past season, can they find somebody who's on the roster right now to make that impact, or do you go out and try to find somebody who could be that special player in the return? Yes, and, and, and I think you have to understand that the return game really isn't always about one person. It's really it's, it's success by committee. It's 11 guys on special teams, whether it's your kickoff return, your punt return game. Um, so if there were any shortcomings in the return game, it was, it was about uh, the, the team as, as a whole. Um, linebackers, receivers, tight ends contributing and making sure that they're, that they're being coached well and that they're executing properly. Um, until the injuries started hitting, I, I thought our return uh, specialists were pretty good. I really like Corey Grant. There's something to be said about the speed. If he comes back next year, I think that could be something that will allow him to make this roster again. Uh, D.D. Westbrook had some very good moments, uh, punt return for a touchdown. I think he, he could be very good. Um, but as far as just not having a a dynamic veteran guy that is just known for, you know, breaking uh, a big gain out of, the, out of the return game. We don't have one of those, haven't had one of those. That would be nice. But really, that is, that is uh, about the whole group and making sure they're executing properly. Your point about Didi and the punt return is yes. a good one because he can make plays there, as we, as we saw. The change in the kickoff rules over the last several years has also minimized the importance and the impact that a kickoff returner can have. So maybe you don't try to you know, game the system and find somebody who can make that play. Uh, again, you got to make some salary cap decisions here, and maybe it's good enough just to have a running back go out there and take a knee on a ball into the end zone. You're seeing a lot of that, too, and I, I think another way to measure uh, special teams are, are the times when we, um, when we do the fake punt or the fake field goal. How effective are, are we in executing those? Uh, nothing that, that really stood out in, entirely this year on that front, but, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, co uh, the coaching staff, 
Uh, Joe DiCamillis is one of the best in the business. And if there is a guy out there that can coach a special teams unit and make them the absolute best they can be with, with the personnel that you have, I believe it's him. So, um, listen, I, I think special teams, they can win games for you. They can lose games for you. But I don't think they've made a huge impact on this football team this year. Yeah, and I will also point out that they did find a stud as a special teams gunner this year. DJ Chark was tremendous yes. as a rookie going down the field making plays. So that is something to build on as far as the coverage teams are concerned. Well, it's a position group that has some real star power, but not a lot of depth. And that's the defensive end spot for the Jaguars, Mark. Last year at this time, we were looking at Calais Campbell, Unique Ngakwe, and Dante Fowler, and Dewan Smoot. We're hoping to see him take that next step. Um, Fowler's gone. Mm -hmm. Smoot didn't do a whole lot. to showed a little bit at the end of the year. Agreed. Laurenti McRae was pushed into service. But basically, this is a two-man group, isn't it, right now? Two-man group, but the, the, those two guys are pretty good. Yeah. Listen, Calais Campbell had another a very good football season, um, which is one of the reasons they're bringing him back, not only for his production on the field, but who he is off the field, who he is in the locker room. Uh, in, in my opinion, the Jaguars best uh, leader, uh, does everything right. Uh, a lot of people are saying, hey, he's getting a little, little old. And, and uh, listen, he didn't look old this year. Ten and a half sacks and just great on the, on the run stop, sealing that edge, rushing the passer. Um, it's great that, he, that he's coming back, of course. I don't think the Jaguars want to go into 2019 without him. And then you still have Unique Ngakwe, who I think is, is going to go down as one of the greatest Jaguar pass rushers in, in, uh, in our history. Now, that's going to take some time to do that. But he is on pace. He's productive. This game is important to Unique. He wants to be great. Uh, I know he wanted his numbers to be, to be bigger this year. Uh, those numbers will come. Those sacks will come. But uh, just having those two guys makes all the difference in the world for this defense. I think looking ahead, last year during the draft, the Jaguars' expectation was, hey, Fowler may not be around. They knew they needed to find somebody else, so they drafted Taven Bryant. Right. Who's clearly more comfortable playing the defensive tackle position. We'll talk Inside. more about him coming up. If the Jaguars don't get their quarterback where the quarterback doesn't fit in the first round and there's a pass rusher, would you take a pass rusher in the first round? Listen, if, if you can't get enough pass rushers. Um, it's one of the strengths of our team last year in 2017 was the ability to put pressure on the quarterback. You talk about all those turnovers and how well the secondary played and the linebackers did such a great job. Well, it's because we're putting pressure on the quarterback. So if a pass rusher does become available and you can afford it, you go, you go get that guy. Those guys are difference makers. Those guys can win games for you. And, uh, and I, I, I would think that would be a, a brilliant idea to secure one of those guys. We know they need a quarterback, but in this league, you can never have enough guys who can get after the other guy's quarterback. And if the Jaguars can do that and continue and bring Saxonville back, it was sort of a, a vacated town this past year, and maybe population two with Campbell and Ngakwe, that could help uh, rejuvenate this Jaguars defense that still has potential to be a very, very good defense here in 2019. All right, let's spend some time talking about the big guys, Mark, the defensive tackles. And uh, this is a group that's a very intriguing group, probably a transitional group this year in the offseason. They've got to make a decision about Malik Jackson, probably not going to be back. I agree. Marcel Darius, salary cap implications mm -hmm. there, see what they're going to have uh, to do there. Avery Jones continues to get the job done at defensive tackle. And then there's Taven Bryan, the first-round draft pick from last year. Certainly more comfortable playing a defensive sta tackle spot, but is that going to be his future? Well, it, it, it's hard to say because, uh, listen, you draft somebody in the, in the first round. You draft Taven Bryan. First-rounders are supposed to make an immediate impact 
on your football team. That is the definition of a first-round pick. Now, unless you're a quarterback, you know, teams will give you a little bit more time to, to uh, get acclimated and get used to the speed and, and, and all of that. But Taven Bryan did not make a huge impact. Uh, I don't, wouldn't say that Taven Bryan made any impact at all. He was on the field, and he did get better as the season progressed. Um, but it was a pick that they thought, you know what, some of these guys might be getting a little older. Maybe we'll have this, this kid in our back pocket, so when it's time for him to move into that role, he'll be ready. I get the strategy on that, but uh, I don't think we saw a lot from Taven Bryan. Um, whether he'll be a defensive end or, or a, a tackle, it's hard to say, but this is an important offseason. This is an important year for Taven Bryan. You can win in the NFL with Marcel Darius and Avery Jones Absolutely. playing your defensive tackle spots. Yep. Uh, that's certainly good enough. It's the depth that's the question, isn't it? That's true, and, and you see uh, that these guys rotate in and out. Um, I agree with you on, on Malik Jackson. I don't think they're going to bring him back, as evidenced by him not you know, starting a lot at, at the end. I think they've kind of sent him a message with, with that. Um, Avery Jones does a, does a very good job. I expect him to be back. Marcel Darius, uh, pretty expensive. Do you want to put your money in, 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 in that position uh, to that degree? It's hard to say. So a lot of decisions have to be made. The big thing for me is uh, I would love to, uh, I'd love to see Taven Bryan have a big year. And whatever that means, get stronger, uh, faster, bigger, better fundamentals, whatever. But it, it is critical that he turns this thing around. The first offseason after your rookie year is so big in terms of how you work on your body because you're not Absolutely. preparing for the draft. And this is the tough thing, though. Can you get your body to play both the defensive tackle spot and the defensive end spot? Uh, or does he have to focus on one or another kind of specific strength uh, areas? That's a great question. And I think if you're a young player, and my guess would be that for Taven, it would be critical for, for the, the Jaguars uh, to give him his marching orders. This is how we want you to look. This is what we want you to work on. We want you at this weight. We want you this strong. We want you this fast. We want you to know this much. Give him something that he can, he can go forward with. Um, uh, listen, that, that's what football players like. Uh, they want to be led. They want to be given parameters and boundaries and goals. Uh, give me some goals and let me go out there and accomplish them. And, and uh, I think it sheds a very good light on a player that can come August when they report um, that he has met those goals, he's ready to go. And so, um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I, I think it's one or the other, Cole. Maybe one of the most important players for the Jaguars roster for 2019 is the development of Taven Bryan. We'll be keeping a close eye on the rookie. Well, it's a group that certainly got a lot of attention, both good and bad, uh, in the season as the linebacker spot. Uh, this is a group that underwent a pretty substantial change right. when you talk about Paul Pazlesi mm -hmm. retiring, Miles Jack moving to the middle, uh, they had sort of a like, diamond in the rough, maybe, in, in uh, Leon Jacobs, the rookie. Mm -hmm. But basically, talk about two guys who were on the field most of the time, Miles Jack and, and Telvin Smith. Yes, and I, listen, I was impressed with, with Miles Jack. Uh, this year, he took every snap on defense. Uh, for a Mike linebacker, a young Mike linebacker, to stay on the field that much, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's very impressive. It's quite commendable. That's hard to do. Guys get beat up. It's a physical position. Uh, they put a lot of demands on, on Miles Jack, of course. You're the quarterback of that defense. You've got to get everyone lined up. You've got to make the calls, make sure everyone's doing their job. And the big thing is communication. So for a young guy like Miles to step into that role after Paul left, uh, difficult. Um, but he did well. And then, of course, Telvin Smith, uh, I think most would say he was a little off, some broken coverages, some missed tackles. Uh, he's a little light, a little thin. Uh, it's not your normal outside linebacker 
uh, physique or body. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think if you ask Telvin, he'd probably say he was a little disappointed in his production this year. Uh, but still, a good linebacking uh, crew. Uh, I think a group that's relatively young that will only get better. So no real concerns going forward out of the linebackers. A couple other names. We, we mentioned uh, Leon Jacobs, the rookie mm -hmm. uh, seventh-round pick. Uh, Nick DeLuca popped a little bit at the end he of the did, year. Yeah, a guy yes. who could maybe yep. uh, add some depth. Uh, Blair Brown, Donald Payne, these are guys who... Didn't see the field a whole lot for injuries and other reasons. But you know what's interesting on the linebackers uh, it, it is that, and not, not just linebackers, but all, all positions, this, the jump they make from year one to year two, two tells a lot about uh, the type of player they're going to be the rest of their career. This is the most important, important. We've talked about Telvin Smith, or excuse me, Taven Bryan before, as far as how critical it is for him to improve this year. But even with those young linebackers, um, how much growth are we going to see this offseason? How much production will we see in their second year? Uh, that will be big. It's going to be one of those things that I, I would be surprised if we saw a lot of movement or additions right. at the linebacking core, yep. but that doesn't mean there won't be improvement. Uh, and you mentioned going from year one to year two. It wasn't first year to second year for Miles Jack, but it will be his second year as the middle linebacker being the captain of that defense. And uh, we expect to see some growth there out of number 44. All right, the final position group we're breaking down here uh, now as the offseason is getting underway is the defensive backs. And there's some things to talk about here with the defensive backs, Mark. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. You've got A.J. Boye. You've got Tashawn Gibson. Uh, Barry Church is gone. Uh, Ronnie Harrison. Those are your starters, at least right now. Are they going to be the starters when the season begins in 2019? I, I think they will. I think they will be the starters. And, and uh and it's a solid group. I don't think there's any real concerns next year. I'm excited about Ronnie Harrison to see uh, what kind of jump he makes from year one to year two. I think he could be very, very good. Um, uh, to Sean Gibson, I think had a solid year. And then there's Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is very, very good. Just ask him. That's all you got to just ask him. He's really good. But you know what? He, uh, he talks a lot and uh, plays with a lot of emotion. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, he's... He's one of the best, if not the best, uh, corner in the NFL. And on the other side, A.J. Boy is a pretty solid guy, too, So, um, which is really good. Going forward, uh, listen, we're going to have a top 10 defense next year. We'll get to the end of next year, and you'll see they're a top 10, maybe top 5 defense in the NFL. I think we ended up sixth this year. Um, and it has everything to do with the strength of our defensive backfield with Jalen Ramsey being uh, the number one guy back there. You know, the Tashawn Gibson decision is maybe the most intriguing one in terms of what's going to impact for the near term. Do mm -hmm. uh, you keep him around? Salary cap implications or whatnot. However, the big decision is coming on Jalen Ramsey and his contract. There was you know, a report that the Jaguars were hearing trade offers about Jalen Ramsey. that They were listening and seeing what was going to go on there. Give me uh, chances out of 100 that Jalen Ramsey is not in Jacksonville when the season begins. Listen, I think it's a long shot. Listen, Jalen Ramsey is going to be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, if, if he can stick around long enough, if he can get a, a, a 9, 10, 11-year career, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer type player. You just don't get rid of those guys. And are you going to have to put up with some stuff in, 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 you know, along the way? Yeah, probably, but guess what? That happens at a lot of positions. It happens at the defensive backs. It happens at the receivers, running backs throughout the whole, um, your whole team. You're going to have guys that, that are kind of a handful that probably talk more than they should and uh, create some problems, maybe aren't the easiest to coach. Um, 
But, uh, and that would be Jalen, but he, he really, and I'm not making an excuse for all of that. And many, many times, I don't think that's acceptable. Uh, but what is a good thing is that he is really, really good. Um, you, you don't get rid of guys like that because to have a premier corner, they're very hard to find. And uh, so we need to keep Jalen Ramsey around. His contract is not up, but it's this whole thing with the fifth-year option of the first-round pick and deciding what's going to happen going forward. If the Jaguars pick up the fifth-year option, they can always franchise him a couple of times. So even without coming to a, a new contract, if the Jaguars want him, Jalen Ramsey's going to be here for the foreseeable future. Mark, as we take a look at the entirety of this uh, Jaguars roster, uh, give it a letter grade where it is now and give me your top three needs for the offseason. Where do the Jaguars need to get better? So you just threw these two questions at me without giving me a chance to think about it. Yes. Okay. I will go with a, a letter grade on the uh, entire roster is yeah. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking defense. I'm thinking offense. Right now, I'm going to give you a B minus, Cole. I like, the, I like the defense. I don't like the offense. Um, and three positions where I think we need to have an upgrade. Uh, that needs to be a quarterback. That needs to be a receiver. And that needs to be an offense alignment. That's what I'm going with right now. I think all those thoughts, maybe the fourth would be tight end. I would agree with then that. Maybe, you know, another running back. And yeah, another, but we would agree it's going to be how offense. How long do you have to go before you say, here's an area they have to address on defense? <laughs> well... If there is an area, um, I, I would say linebacker. Um, yeah, listen, I think Miles. I think Miles did a fine job. I think he's got a bright future. Telvin, obviously, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl player. Uh, Leon Jacobs is a young guy. Uh, how much he progresses, I can see them getting maybe an older guy, a veteran guy. But I like the secondary. Could be, you know, depending on what happens with Gibson, uh, defensive line. I, I think they're a solid group. Um, but there's some questions to be to uh, be answered there. Um, so I like the defense, but it's on the offensive side of the ball that I have some real concerns. Yeah, there's no surprise there whatsoever. Mark, thanks a lot for taking this uh, pretty comprehensive look at uh, the Jaguars roster. It's going to change. We know it's that. It's going to change. It's going to change. Uh, uh, we've got some coaches to hire as well, and so that will be interesting. And, and we might have uh, maybe because the coaching staff will change a little bit, we might have some philosophical changes as far as our approach to offense. Obviously, the defense is going to stay the same under Todd Wash, but maybe things look just look a little different next year. All right, so that's a, a pretty comprehensive look at the Jaguars roster. Hope you enjoyed it. There will be more moves to be made in the uh, coming days. Certainly, coaches, uh, coaching staff being filled out is going to be part of uh, what's happening for the Jaguars as well. By the time you're listening to this, maybe some of those spots will have been filled. But the next step, of course, the Jaguars is going to be free agency in determining what their targets are going to be. Quarterback probably going to be one of those spots as we discussed. I want to remind you that you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the sports tab of newsforjacks.com. That'll do it for this installment. Thanks so much, and we look forward to talking to you again next time right here on Teal the Podcast.